You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 213. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. podcast and I hope you're having a great start to your new year. Lots of people out there do a lot of January New Year's resolutions and sadly by one weekend half of those resolutions are already gone. A lot of people want to get fit in the new year. They want to lose weight in the new year and unfortunately after the first week those goals are gone and I only say this because I want you to know that it's not your fault if you're one of those people who's already failing at some kind of New Year's resolution. It's usually because, just so you know, there was no real plan set in place. You maybe set up some huge goal that was unrealistic, or maybe you were like, I wanna lose 10 pounds in one week, and you took on an extreme diet that was impossible to sustain. Just know that is never going to help you get to a goal by doing anything fast, anything speedy, anything that anyone tried to sell you that was fast and speedy, just so you know, always turn the other way. Don't grab onto those as just a marketing scheme. And again, it's not your fault if you have failed already. But hopefully you're doing great. Hopefully you are on track. Hopefully you've made some adjustments maybe to your nutrition or to your workout schedule. An adjustment is sometimes better than doing something too extreme because it really can help you slowly make the changes that you need to make. Changing habits over time will always help you sustain whatever it is that you're trying to modify in your life. So I'm just here to tell you, keep up the good work. If you're doing great work, if you've already fallen apart, maybe you just need a little accountability. Maybe you just need a little bit of help. And so if that's the case for you and you're looking for help with nutrition or fitness, do shoot me an email, Kim at EarnThatBody.com, because it is my goal, it is my quest, it is my passion to help as many people get fit and healthy in a sustainable way, in a healthy way as well. So I am excited to use the year of 2021 to simply reach more people than ever and truly help change their life with changing their health. Now, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about healthy foods that honestly are toxic. Very interesting subject today. I had done some reading and some research from several different areas. Um, Prevention.com had a really good article. WebMD had some. There were some studies that I looked at, and I realized that there's actually several foods out there that you would think are very healthy that might be toxic if you eat too much of them. And so some I didn't even know, some I definitely knew, but really wanted to have more of a sense of, well, how often should I eat this or should I not? And so that's when I started going in and sort of diving into the research for this topic. So I bet there's a few that you don't know about either, so I'm interested to see some reactions on this one. But before we get to all of that, We're going to talk about this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, I came across a study that says fish oil may not help your heart 
You know fish oil. Everyone was taking it. What, how many years ago did it start where everyone thought you gotta take fish oil. It's so good for you. It's so healthy for you. It's heart healthy. Let me tell you, it's definitely something I did not jump on the bandwagon with because I don't take any supplements in fear of what they actually have in them. And I've done a whole podcast on that. But this was very interesting. New research finds that common types of fish oil may not be as beneficial for the heart as they thought they might be. They they studied in this article found that high dose of omega-3 fatty acids did not reduce people's chances of experiencing a major cardiovascular event. About 6% of people taking fish oil did have atrial fibrillation or irregular heartbeats as well. So this new research from Cleveland Clinic has found that common types of fish oil may not be as beneficial for the heart as they were once thought to be. And the study published in the Journal of American Medical Association, November 15, found that a high dose of omega-3 fatty acids did not reduce people's chances of experiencing this major cardiovascular type of event. Now, evidence regarding the use of fish oil for heart health has been mixed, and oftentimes the results are influenced by the type of fish oil and the type of placebo used. Now, heart doctors suspect different types of fish oils, specifically the EPA and DHA fatty acids, have different effects on the body. And more research is needed to better understand how the different types impact the cardiovascular symptoms. Now, for patients fishing for answers on fish oil, the current data supports purified EPA prescription fish oil, Vasepa, as opposed to over-the-counter fish oil, low-dose fish oil, and combination DHA and EPA fish oil. More studies are needed looking at purified EPA fish oil versus a neutral corn oil placebo or other formulations of DHA and EPA fish oils versus purified EPA fish oil. Now, Dr. Guy Mintz, who is the Director of Cardiovascular Health and Lipidology and Cardiology at Northwell's Health Sandra Atlas Bass Heart Hospital, that's a mass Uh, That's a a mouthful. This is what he had to say um, when he did this article. Now, the fish oils didn't have an effect is what they're saying. In randomized clinical trial, over 13,000 people received either a daily supplement of high-dose omega-3 fatty acids made both DHA and EPA or a placebo made of corn oil. The patients were already taking statins, which are drugs to lower cholesterol, and they had been previously diagnosed with high cardiovascular risk, hypertriglyceridemia, or low levels of high-density lipoprotein cholesterol. The study was paused early because there was no significant difference between these two groups. In addition, about 67% of the participants taking the fish oil supplements experienced atrial fibrillation, which is an irregular heartbeat, indicating there may be an increased risk associated with supplements that contain EPA and DHA fatty acids. Isn't that interesting? Now, consequently, the researchers don't recommend 
the EPA, DHA, omega-3 fatty acid formulation to reduce cardiovascular events. Combination DHA and EPA fish oil did not demonstrate any significant cardiovascular benefit even at high dosages and specifically in this trial. So it's always interesting because these things become such fads and I would say the fish oil fad was so many years ago, right? But the bottom line is that new research from the Cleveland Clinic has found that fish oil may not be as beneficial for the heart as it was once thought to be. And according to the study, high doses of common fish oils did not lower people's risk of experiencing a cardiovascular event. Much of the evidence on fish oil has been mixed and it varies based on the types and the quantities. More research is needed. Do you ever feel like that I'm constantly saying that when I'm reading to you guys these different articles, these different studies that are done, whether they be on supplements or surgeries or this or that, so very often the end result is that they just don't know and that more research needs to be done to really determine. So at this point, should you take fish oil? Well, for one, you should always discuss it with your doctor. But then two, don't assume your doctor knows the most up-to-date information about things like this. So do a little bit of your own research. I don't take any supplements. I try to get all of my nutrients from healthy food and balanced um, nutrition. And I honestly was always a little skeptical about fish oil because I can just see where there are so many contaminants as well in different fish. And it was always just sort of a concern of mine. So it was something that I never did. If you're someone who's doing it, it makes you feel great. The doctor told you to, awesome. But again, it's just something that I, it caught my eye and I always like to bring it up so that we always think twice. We don't just wanna follow ideas that people are doing out there. We don't wanna follow trends that Beyonce's doing. <laughs> you know, we want to understand the science behind it and if it's really necessary for our body. So I thought that was a good one to talk about today, especially because now we are going to be talking about healthy foods that can be toxic if you eat too much. Um, that being said, in moderation, a lot of these foods might be completely fine, some not, but some really can be toxic. The first one they talk about, very interesting, Brazil nuts. These are the, do you guys know what the Brazil nuts are? They're those giant nuts and they're very well known for being a number one source of selenium, which is a trace element that plays an essential role in reproduction and helping your body fight off infection. In fact, just one Brazil nut can deliver up to 90 mcg of selenium, which is almost twice as much selenium as you would need in a day. And a one ounce serving, that's about six to eight nuts, packs a whopping 777% of your daily selenium needs. So there's actually quite a lot of selenium in these enormous nuts. Now, eating the occasional serving of Brazil nuts is fine, but having them every day could put you at risk for selenium toxicity, according to this interesting article, which has the potential to cause hair loss, 
gastrointestinal and neurological problems, lightheadedness, and even heart attacks or kidney failure. So keep it to one weekly serving or just have one or two nuts a few times a week. According to this registered dietitian, her name is Jessica Cording. So very interesting. I actually know some people who take Brazil nuts for that selenium reason. And it is important to understand that too much of a good thing can sometimes be toxic. So be very careful with Brazil nuts. Now, this next one definitely caught my eye because I grow all of these in my garden, spinach, beets, and Swiss chard. They say that we don't need to be reminded that these veggies are nutritional powerhouses. I absolutely love all of them. But they're also really high in naturally occurring compounds called oxalates. Oxalates actually work as prebiotics to feed the healthy bacteria in our gut. But if you're prone to kidney stones, eating too many foods like this with too many high oxalates only makes things worse. The kidneys are supposed to filter these compounds out, but in someone who actually is prone to kidney stones, the kidneys have a very hard time doing so, and that can lead to a buildup and formation of more kidney stones. So it is best for anyone with kidney stones to avoid foods like this that are high in oxalate. So if you're someone with a kidney stone problem, spinach, beets, and Swiss chard are something that you probably need to limit or stay away from, might be something to talk to your doctor about. That being said, if you do not have kidney stones, you do not have to worry. As they said, these are nutritional powerhouse vegetables. Now, the next one definitely was one I knew was on the list, and I definitely wanted to understand better, well, how often should we have it? And it is your canned tuna. It is cheap. It is convenient. And we all know, if you're my client, it is packed with protein. And we love that, right? It definitely helps us get our protein macro in. But canned tuna does contain some mercury. And this can harm the nervous system and brains of developing fetuses and even young children. Higher amounts of mercury can be poisonous to adults as well. Symptoms could include numbness or tingling, vision problems, memory problems, but the experts don't actually know exactly how much mercury-laden tuna you would need to eat to feel and get sick. Now, white albacore tuna contains more mercury than light tuna does, and the amount that you can eat is somewhat dependent on how much you weigh and how big you actually are. For example, a 110-pound person should stick to less than four ounces of white albacore tuna or nine ounces of light tuna per week. But a 165-pound person can have five ounces of white albacore tuna or 14 ounces of light tuna per week. So something to keep note of when it comes to tuna, you have to be careful because of that mercury content. Now, if you're pregnant, breastfeeding, or trying to conceive, it is recommended that you stick with the FDA's established guidelines. Enjoy up to 12 ounces per week of lower mercury seafood like shrimp, salmon, catfish, or light tuna. 
For higher mercury albacore tuna, limit yourself to no more than six ounces per week. I would be pretty cautious, I'll be honest. If I was pregnant, uh, when I was pregnant, I think I just avoided tuna altogether. You don't wanna bring in any toxins in your body Again, we don't know exact levels and how much, and so I would be very cautious if you're pregnant to eat any tuna at all. Now, personally, I probably have tuna maybe once every couple weeks, maybe once every three weeks, um, and that's about it. I don't have it too often, not because I don't love it, because I do, but because of the levels of mercury, so it needs to be eaten definitely in moderation. Another one on the list. Red meat, oysters, and white beans. What do you think they have in common? Well, all three are top sources of iron, which plays an essential role in delivering oxygen to our muscles, which is a good thing. And while too little iron can leave you feeling very weak and tired, that's what they call anemic, getting too much iron can actually lead to liver failure. And of course, plenty of people struggle more probably to get enough of this mineral, to get enough iron in their body. So iron overload tends to be pretty rare actually, especially if your only source of iron is food. But guess what? If you're taking an iron supplement because you're someone who is anemic or the doctor maybe prescribed it to you or maybe you thought that you were not getting enough iron and you told yourself you needed this supplement, you might want to just check in with a dietitian, with your doctor to make sure that you're not getting too much iron. And that could be because you're taking in tons of iron full rich foods like red meat, oysters, and white beans. So the point is, yes, you can have red meat, oysters, and white beans, they're not a problem, but they are super high in iron. And so you just, again, you need to have these things in moderation, but if you're already taking an iron supplement on top of it, it is possible you're getting too much iron and that can be toxic. So as I always say, everything in moderation, including moderation. The next one on the list, again, one like tuna that I knew was on the list and that's why I do limit it and it kind of kills me and this is what it is, brown rice. So this complex carbohydrate is considered healthy, right? And I even tell my clients, swap out all your whites for browns. But unfortunately, brown rice might not be so great. I hate to say it, but it's again, it's one of those moderation things. So, so just listen, rice is, very good at absorbing arsenic. All rice, okay? Rice in general is good at absorbing arsenic that occurs naturally in soil, in water. But brown rice tends to absorb more of the heavy metal than the refined counterparts do, like white rice, unfortunately. Arsenic is a known human carcinogen and it currently says that there's no safety threshold for the amount of arsenic in food. But experts, including those at the Environmental Working Group, agree that you don't need to cut brown rice out of your diet completely 
Instead, they recommend that you make an effort to eat a variety of whole grains. So if you normally have brown rice every day, I would say, well, that's not moderation, right? You don't wanna have something like that every single day, especially because it's gonna have these higher levels of arsenic. So what could you do? You would wanna alternate your, your whole grains. So maybe have quinoa one night, you could have farro, you could have millet, you want to get a mix of different grains. Keep an eye out for packaged foods that contain rice or rice-based ingredients like brown rice syrup, which is often used to sweeten natural cereals or granola bars. It's better to eat those once in a while than every day. And that's another thing. It's like, ugh, can we eat anything? But you might not look at that label and you might be picking up a bar, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of these granola bars or protein bars. A lot of them are full of stuff like this, like brown rice syrup. And that has brown rice in it. So you shouldn't have it daily because unfortunately there is higher levels of arsenic in things like brown rice. So do I have brown rice? Yes. Have I limited how much I eat these days? Yes, I don't have brown rice as often anymore. I have to say, I found a new grain that I had never tried before, which is farro, and I love it. If you haven't tried farro, definitely give it a try. Um, it doesn't have these same levels of arsenic. I'm also a big fan of quinoa. Unfortunately, my son is not, so I have to limit how much of that one I make. But definitely keep the brown rice on the lowdown, how about that? You wanna have it in moderation because it's just simply not good for you to have too often, all right? Okay, how about this one? This one you probably don't ever eat, but I had no idea about this, and I think it's probably important if you have small children or even pets. Cherry pits, did you know this? The hard stone in the center of the cherry, the pit, is full of something called prussic acid, also known as cyanide. And yes, cyanide is poisonous. But there's no need to freak out if you accidentally swallow one. Intact pits just pass through your system and out the other end. Avoid crunching or crushing the pits if you eat cherries because that's when it could become more toxic. So I spit the cherry pit out, so I've never crunched on one before. If that is something that's a habit for you, now you know that you should not do that. It's toxic. Um, if you have animals in the house, you know, maybe you drop some cherries on the floor. You want to be careful that they might be chewing on the pits or even little kids. Um, you never know if they're spitting out the pit all the way. Something definitely to take note of. Another one I had no idea about until just the other week is that apple seeds also have cyanide. So throwing back a handful as a snack would not be a good idea. Not that I see very many people eat apple seeds as a snack, but definitely people I see eat like the entire core of the apple. They just sort of eat the whole thing. Apple seeds have a protective coating that keeps the cyanide from entering your system if you accidentally eat them but they say it's good to be cautious because even in small doses, cyanide can cause rapid breathing, seizures, and possibly death, which is probably pretty extreme. You'd probably have to eat a lot of those apple seeds. But the reason that I took note of this is because I was feeding my chickens an apple core the other day, and I had read somewhere 
that or I, you know, I'm always looking up like, what can, can I feed the apple to my chickens? And that's where it had said that apple seeds were toxic. So, you know, to make sure to cut the seeds out. So again, it would be something to be cautious for your animals, be cautious for the little ones. If you have little toddlers, you know, and they're sort of gnawing on it and there's seeds in there, try to take the seeds out. It's not a good idea to be ingesting them. Elderberries. I don't know about you. I've actually never tried an elderberry, but I do read about elderberry syrup quite a bit. You may take elderberry as a syrup or supplement to boost your immune system, although I wouldn't take it as a supplement, <laughs> but a lot of people do. They use it to boost your immune system to treat colds or flu symptoms, or even some people say constipation. But where you need to be cautious is eating unripe berries the bark of the elderberries or the leaves of elderberry because they may leave you feeling way worse instead of way better. They have lectin and cyanide, two chemicals that can cause nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. So be cautious of your elderberries. You definitely don't want the unripe berry, the bark, or the leaves, all right? Be cautious with that. Some people, you know, they make these juices and they think everything can go in, the leaves and the bark. Nah, not with your elderberries. Here's one that I don't think we will really have to worry about. But again, very interesting, nutmeg. Who doesn't like a little bit of nutmeg, right? It adds a nice nutty flavor when you add it in small amounts to baked goods, but eaten by the spoonful, it can cause very serious problems to your system. Even as little as two teaspoons can be toxic to your body because of, and I can't even pronounce it, meristicin, an oil that can cause hallucinations, drowsiness, dizziness, confusion, and seizures. Now, I don't know many people that eat nutmeg by the spoonful, Spoonful, so I'm not sure that it's gonna be too big a deal for any of us, but maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you're like, I love nutmeg, I always have a couple spoonfuls. Well, now you know, don't. <laughs> this is one of those have it in moderation type of herbs. Green potatoes. I mean, I don't know about you, but if my potatoes are green, I generally throw them out or I put them in the compost, I should say. But the leaves, the sprouts, and the underground stems of potatoes contain a toxic substance called, again, here goes my pronunciation, glycoalkaloid. Now, the glycoalkaloids make a potato look green when it's exposed to light, gets damaged, or gets old. And eating potatoes with high glycoloid content can cause nausea, diarrhea, confusion, headaches, and death. Probably have to eat a lot of them to cause death. But hey, that's what it's saying. It's somewhat toxic. So green potatoes, don't eat them, throw them out. And yes, they told me also to make sure you don't feed that one to the chickens. So don't feed it to your dogs either, all right? Now this one for sure got me. Raw kidney beans. Of all the bean varieties, raw red kidney beans apparently have the highest concentration of lectins and lectins are a toxin that can give you a bad stomach ache, make you vomit, or even give you diarrhea. It can take only four to five raw kidney beans to cause these side effects, which is why it's best to boil your beans before you eat them. So that's really good to know. Be very cautious with any raw kidney beans. Just go ahead and make sure they are boiled before you eat them. The next one, 
are rhubarb leaves. It's funny, I've never eaten rhubarb in my life. So let me know if you have on social media where I post about my podcast, I would love to know. Have you had rhubarb before? I, I, I know there's rhubarb pie, but has anybody actually eaten the actual rhubarb? Because they say that eating the stalk, that beautiful red stalk, is okay, but the leaves you have to leave out. Rhubarb leaves contain oxalic acid, which combines to calcium and makes it harder for your body to absorb it. In turn, your bones cannot grow the way they should, and you're at risk for kidney stones, blood clotting problems, vomiting, diarrhea, and coma. How many rhubarb leaves do you have to eat to hit a coma? Man, so really interesting. So it is the red, gorgeous rhubarb stock that you should eat, but apparently you need to be very cautious of their beautiful green leaves. So maybe I won't be growing that in my garden one day. Now here's another one. I didn't even know what this was. This is gonna sound funny to you. Bitter almonds. I just thought there were almonds. I didn't know that there were these actual types of almonds. So there are two types of almonds apparently, bitter and sweet. Both types of almonds, bitter and sweet, have again, here goes my pronunciation, have amygdalin, a chemical compound that can turn into cyanide. But guess what? The bitter almonds have the highest levels of it by far. And sweet almonds are safe to snack on, but eating untreated bitter almonds can cause cramps, nausea, and diarrhea. So when I read this, I was like, what is a bitter almond? And is that something I'm going to would I potentially buy that in the store, like as an accidentally? And so I looked it up and it says that bitter almonds are a variety of regular sweet almonds, but bitter almonds contain traces of prussic acid, also known as hydrocyanic acid, as we just stated, in its raw state. Um, bitter almonds can be processed to make almond extract and almond flavored liqueurs. It says that they are naturally containing this toxin. Uh, for this reason, they should not be eaten. <laughs> so I still don't really know. I my understanding is that you're they they're not selling the bitter almonds on the shelf. That's not generally something that you're gonna pick up. It is the sweet almond on the shelf because these bitter almonds tend to be more toxic, but definitely something to keep note of. Now, next time I go to the store, I am gonna look to see if there is anything specifically written about bitter and sweet. Again, if you're on social media, give me a shout out on this one if you have a better understanding of when someone would see or buy bitter almonds. Now the next one on the list that could be toxic is star fruit. Have you ever seen that gorgeous yellow fruit? I don't know about you, I've never tried it, I've never had it, but it looks so interesting. I always see it and it's called star fruit and they, they say if you have kidney disease, it's best to leave star fruit out of the diet. Interesting how many things that can affect you if you have kidney issues, right? Normal kidneys, no problem. It can filter out the toxins that are in this sweet fruit, but for a system that is compromised with a kidney problem, the toxin sticks around and can cause mental confusion, seizures, and death, God forbid. So my guess would be if you have a lot of kidney issues, you probably have a long list of things that they tell you not to eat anymore because it's just too hard for the kidney to filter this out. 
Now, I do have to say, I don't know that I'm running out to the store now to try the starfruit because doesn't it just sound like if there is a toxin in it, maybe we shouldn't really have too much of it? Um, even if my healthy kidney can filter it out, it sounds a little bit concerning. Again, social media, have you had starfruit? I want to know. <laughs> okay. What is next? We're almost done. Well, this one is the raw cashew, but don't freak out because you're thinking that you've eaten raw cashews before, right? The cashews you get in the stores with a raw label, they aren't actually that. Before they hit the shelves, they are steamed to remove a toxin called urochiol in their shells. And this toxin is what you find in poison ivy. So eating pre-steamed cashews can cause a severe allergic reaction that can be fatal. Uh, but guess what? That is not the raw cashew that we are getting in the market. Sort of my guess on the bitter almonds too, right? Because I eat the raw cashews all the time. Uh, I have never had a problem, but apparently we're not really getting the raw, raw cashew. So if you were out on a farm somewhere and perhaps you were getting a true raw cashew, now you know that you do need to be cautious. The next one, the last one that we are going to talk about is, and it's a very interesting one and I just lost it, it's the mango. Isn't that interesting, right? But guess what? It's not the part that you're eating. You know, I just started eating mango in probably the last maybe five years of my life, and I absolutely love mangoes. So when I saw this at first, I'm like, are you kidding? I have been eating plenty of mango, and my son actually loves it too. But you don't have to worry, because it's not the inside fleshy part of the mango that is the problem. Just like raw cashews, it's the skin, it's the bark and the leaves of mangoes that contain that urochiol toxin of poison ivy. So if you're allergic to poison ivy, especially if that allergy is a bad one, if you were to bite into a mango, that could cause a severe reaction, a swelling, a rash, a breathing problem. I don't bite into a mango. Is that something that people do? I always thought you were supposed to peel the skin off, and I think I'm right, <laughs> because the, the skin and the bark and the leaves are apparently not something you should eat. So maybe there are people who bite into the skin. The only thing I bite into the skin on would be a kiwi, which also I just started doing that in the last few years when I read how great the fiber was for you and clearly not toxic. So just be cautious that you don't eat the rind, the skin, the bark, or any leaves of a mango due to that allergy. Now, what do you think? I mean, that was a lot of foods and all of these foods we consider to be really super healthy, right? We eat rice or brown rice, even white rice is, can be toxic. Um, we eat tuna, we eat almonds, we eat cashews. There's all these little things and really what it comes down to at the end of the day for most of these is moderation. Just like everything I teach, everything I preach, we need to have moderation in the foods that we eat. You don't want to have too much of anything. And that can be a real problem with these supplements as we were talking about in, in the Eagle's Eye on Health today. Sometimes we take these supplements because we think we're deficient in something. The supplements are so high in whatever it is trying to provide. Like in this particular topic, it was iron. And then when we eat more high iron foods on top of it, 
it becomes too much for our bodies to handle. So whether it's a toxic food, whether it's a regular food, what you really always need to remember is have things in moderation so that it never does become a problem. But definitely, I found a lot of these to be eye-opening. Some of, some of them I already knew about, some of them I did not, but I hope that what I was able to do today was give you some education so the next time you might uh, interact with some of these nuts or these fruits and the leaves of them and the, the peels, you will know if you should avoid it or just have a little of it or how to handle the toxic, healthy food. That's it for today. I am always here to bring you nutrition, health, and fitness information that you can put into play right away. And don't forget 2021, the year you take your power back, the year you take action on your health. If you need any help at all, please go to earnthatbody.com. Let me help you find the best program available to help you reach your goals this year. That's it for today. I will talk to you next week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 